This is a Soulfire production. Today, I have the honor of speaking with the incredible Caprice O'Brien. Uh, she is a author, a speaker, an entrepreneur, and a true inspiration. I absolutely love the conversation that we have. Caprice has been an empowering voice in the fitness industry for six years. Today, she's recognized as an award-winning fitness entrepreneur, dynamic speaker, and author of Prayers Up, Weight Down, and she is committed to demolishing the obesity epidemic through faith, fitness, and nutrition, which I know so many people on the line align with. Uh, she has faced multiple tragic car accidents and led her to developing epilepsy, retrograde amnesia, and she had to relearn how to walk all by the age of 19. She embodies the very essence of strength and hope. She's chose to turn her tragedy into triumph and has become a certified personal trainer and nutrition specialist through the National Academy of Sports Medicine. On her journey, she's discovered that food is medicine and fitness is key in achieving total wellness of the mind and body. As a result, Caprice has decided to begin helping others by founding Excuse-Free Fitness. Her keynote speeches, online training, and wellness workshops continue to captivate and educate audiences across the globe with her unique and powerful story and infectious energy. And you guys, this podcast is all of that and more. So I'm so excited for you to meet Caprice. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here and, and share with this audience of activated entrepreneurs, which I know you are, but I know it wasn't always that way for you. So I would love if you would be open to starting by just kind of sharing your story and how you got to here today. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I'm really excited to share. Um, it's, it's such a good day. So my, my entrepreneur journey began when um, I got certified as a personal trainer, but the Cliff Notes version <laughs> of becoming a personal trainer and, and diving into this fitness world was when um, I, uh, I survived and overcame, by the grace of God, two major car accidents, um, one where I had to relearn to walk. I did speech therapy, occupational therapy, and physical therapy with some amazing um, therapists. Uh, it took me six months. Um, and then things were getting better. And then after the second car accident, um, I started having seizures. And from those seizures, they were every day. And the doctors uh, couldn't really figure it out. But I went to this amazing clinic. Uh, it's called the Mayo Clinic. It's a yeah. world-renowned um, facility. So I was on the epilepsy monitoring unit. And after a bunch of tests and bunch of bunch of sleep deprived um, days, they um, figured out that I did have epilepsy. And so, after all of that, um, when I was nineteen, um, I had a seizure, and I in class actually, I, um, I hit my head on the concrete, and I woke up, and I didn't know my name. So. Um, I have what's called retrograde amnesia. So I don't remember the first 19 years of my life. So wow. it was um, one of the most gut-wrenching um, experiences, like just waking up and like all these people around you. And, but it was, um, it was a depressing time. It was just like, I don't like this. All these people are constantly asking me, do you remember me? Do you remember me? But I have the most supportive family in the world. Mm. And they were like, 
you're not you're not a depressed person. You don't stay down long. So my family got together um, and they they were like, you used to run track. <laughs> you were very active. So my dad took the you know, he kind of spearheaded things and he was like, let's go to the gym. And the first day at the gym, he had me doing treadmills, friends, and it was really hard. I don't wow. know what made him think that I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, OK, first day back, treadmill sprints, here we go. And it was it was. But the thing was, is like it lit a fire in me that wow. has never been burned out. And I ignored that feeling of like, maybe I could do this because people started coming up to me at the gym. Um, I, I started going consistently with him. And but that fire has never been burned out. And I got certified later that year as a, as a personal trainer. And immediately I knew that I wanted to own my own gym. Um, I opened my own gym when I was 22 years old. Wow! wow. <laughs> I ran that for four years. Best time of my life. It was a boutique fitness style studio. And then I transitioned to online and that has been amazing. So I left the Chicagoland, came to La La Land <laughs> and... <laughs> and now I help um, people lose leaders, lose physical and emotional weight all online. Wow. Wow. What a story. And there's so much to unpack there. So kudos to your family for seeing who you've always been, no matter where you are. Right. Like like how powerful like to have a support system like that. And we can all learn from that. Right. Of what your dad was like. And he put you right back in your element of like reminding you your truth, like no matter what happened, like we're going to get on this treadmill. I love that. It's really cool. And now you're really paying it forward. So I know you talk a lot about winning with the hand that you're dealt and not really sitting inside of your victim story or whatever cards we may have been dealt. Um, I would love for you to share a bit about that concept as we all have our own hands were dealt this life, right? Absolutely. So when I say winning with the hand that you were dealt, every single one of us, like we, we get these with life, you know, we get these cards. I mean, even just like I'm a twin, right? This That's a hand that I was dealt. I'm a fraternal twin. Like I'm five, three, he's six foot, you know, like that's one of the hands we were dealt. Right. But also like I have epilepsy. I have a traumatic brain injury. There are things that I, I can't do that other people can do. And that's a part of the hand that I was dealt. And so how can I win with this? Like, how can I say, look at life and be like, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> I'm going to be okay. I can't do roller courses. I can't do this. I can't do that. But what can I do? So when I say I want to win with the hand that I, I was dealt, I choose to be like, I'm not going to sit on my hands and be sad and feel sorry for myself, but I'm going to look at my life and, and even amnesia, right? So I don't remember the first 19 years of my life. And so many people have told me there's so many quotes and they go, in order to know where you're going, you have to know where you've been. <laughs> you're like, maybe not. Let, let, let me figure out how to prove that wrong, you know? And, and so, so it's just like the, the hand that I was dealt is just so it's colorful, mm. right? So now I've got some sauce to it. Now I have to add a little flavor. Now I have to have a little razzle dazzle because, you know, my, my cards are so amazing that I'm going to win regardless of what's in my hand. And so I, I, am on a mission to teach as many people as possible around the world that no matter what's in your hand, no matter, you know, what keeps getting shuffled around, you can win regardless. Yeah. You're so inspiring. And I think it's the perspective of how you look at it. You're looking at your cards and you're saying, okay, 
this is what I do have. Yes. This is what I do have. And how can I be great with what I do have? You're not looking at what you don't have. You're not looking at what you did have and what you don't have now. You're not looking at what other people have. You're looking at what you do have and how you can excel with what you have. And and win with what you have, because you can win with what you have in a way I could never win. And you'll win with ways that I won't win. And so I think what got me to that point was I got so frustrated with with, with hearing, no, no, you can't drive. No, you can't be mm-hmm. at home by yourself because you might have a seizure. Sure. No, you know, I mean, I was at DePaul University. No, you can't stay on campus. You're a health risk. Every time you come to this campus, you, you, you can have a seizure. No, ma'am. <laughs> And it was just like, that was so frustrating for me. And that was the depressing part, but I was such a high functioning, depressing person, depressive person that I was, I was still going and I was still trying to do things, but it was just like, it's okay. So regardless, what can I do? And that was where, you know, um, the, my family came in and it was just like, all right, let's start writing things down. That's where I became a big journaler. And it was like, okay, this is the list of what I can't do. I don't care about that list. Let's throw that away. What can I do? What can I do? Because now I don't care about focusing on what I can't do. I want to focus on what I can do because you're telling me all these things, even doctors. And it's like, I love doctors. They're wonderful, but they are designed. They are, you know, their job is to protect me. But my job is to figure out how to thrive through life, not just go one day at a time with a laundry list of things, of restrictions. Right. They're trying to not get sued. You're trying to win. Exactly. I survived for a reason and I'm here to make the best of my life. Right. Oh, I'm going to win. So, so, so beautiful. And one thing we talked about before we came on this live is that you teach others how to live what you call an embodied life, a whole and complete life. And you said something that was so powerful. You said, we have fragmented parts of ourselves. Everybody has trauma. Everybody has things that have happened in our past, but unless we become whole, we take back all of those pieces. We love all of those pieces. We can't heal. And you teach people how to heal, right? Through becoming yes. whole. From yes. that center, we can live an empowered life. So I would love for you to share because so many of us have, you know, stories, limiting beliefs, things that happened 10 years ago, people we haven't forgive, um, whatever happened. And we're still carrying that around in a heavy backpack with us <laughs> and wondering why we can't move forward. So I would love for you to teach, teach this audience how you really break that down for people and living a whole life. I think that sometimes we even have to just paint the picture, right? So what if you just even saw a heart, okay? And sometimes it can be a broken heart, okay? And, you know, there might, sometimes we see a broken heart and it's just in half. But what if you saw a, a heart and there was just maybe like seven pieces? You might have seven different things that can even come to mind right now. And this can be like a difficult experience, but it's so empowering once you allow yourself to be still enough and say, I want to heal no matter what. I want to take back everything that was stolen from me. There's this um, amazing woman. I cannot remember her name right now, but she says, I am reclaiming my time. <laughs> You can reclaim your time and you can reclaim every single fragmented part of you and you can be whole, right? So you can think of, you can see this, this heart and it's multiple different pieces. And because sometimes, you know, for myself, I was in those two cars since I have amnesia. And so part of, part of um, my heart can be 
fragmented in that first car accident when I was 14 and then that second car accident when I was 17. And then when, you know, I, I hit my head when I was 19 and, you know, my heart can be in those different places and I cannot, he, I cannot move forward in my true authentic self in the best version of Caprice in the version that, you know, wakes up every day and is excited to do what I do until I, I, put that until I allow God to put me back together. Right. So it's just like when you, when you write those things down, when you call them what they are, and then you just by an act of my will, I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive myself for allowing, you know, myself to, to, um, not it's for allowing myself to, to take this, this weight on me for so long. And, you know, but I can be, you know, 120 pounds, but in, in the physical, but be 300 pounds overweight with shame, overweight with bitterness, overweight with resentment, overweight with anger, with loneliness, with regret. And so until we allow ourselves to release this weight, we will just, it will affect the way that we eat, uh, the way that, um, you know, we, we show up in the workplace with our family, with our friends, because sometimes we will hide and we will hide from, you know, what we are truly called to do because you can't be, I, I just want people to be in shape for the calling on their life. Like everyone has a calling on their life. You can be in shape. Phys I want you to be in shape physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. What you're saying is, is really deep and really real. And I think you're probably having like flashlights, sparks going off in people's brains right now. Like, oh my gosh, to slow down. <laughs> right, right. It's so good. I like to really take that in and go, hmm, maybe I get to take some time and be silent and really think about what those fragments could be and how I can really forgive myself for how long I've forgive myself for how long I've allowed myself to sit in that pain, right? With this fragment. I think that that's so powerful that you went straight to forgiveness because that is a, such a beautiful, beautiful anchor to, to freedom. Is that what you have your clients do? Do you have them write letters? Do you have them sit with God? Like, what do you have them do to reclaim those parts of themselves? Yes, there is a there there is a reflection space. So I, um, my book's prayers up way down. So there's reflection space after every single day. So it's a 30 day journey and we do it again because there's a misconception that one, you can, you know, create a new habit in 21 days. It's actually 66 days. Right. So you need to do this again. So the, the reflection space allows you to ask yourself, like, do one, do you have do you struggle with accountability? Do you um, understand self-discipline. Like what does forgiveness mean to you? Right. Because when you don't forgive, I mean, we, we've heard it so many times, but forgiveness is never for the other person. It's not about them. It's about you. Because when you don't forgive, like when you hold on to these heavy emotions, it will change your composition. Like it affects your DNA. It affects how you think. It affects how you sleep. And it will cause, you know, intense inflammation in your body. And over time, it, you know, it can cause diseases. Like it's not just something that you've seen on Google. It's true. <laughs> like you, you need to forgive for yourself because that weight being lifted part of me, that weight being lifted off of you, it will make you feel light as a feather. Truly. It's just something that is so freeing. And it's just, it's almost just like, if you just take the pen to the paper and you just begin to, um, understand why, like what, why do I feel so upset? Is this, you know, is this trauma bringing up other traumas? 
Like you have to ask yourself these questions and get still enough so you can say, you know, is this, you know, these patterns, like, is it beginning <laughs> something that, you know, um, how, how can I reflect on this so I can prevent, you know, making these decisions and making these choices that are, you know, bringing up unhealthy habits that have created my lifestyle right now. Mm. So beautiful. So beautiful. We talked earlier about the difference between self-love and self-care. And I think we're really touching on really what self-love means. I think it's become such a cliche term and it's really too bad because I think it's extremely important. Like I really do feel like this is like the lesson, at least for like so many people, because listening, because it's one of my deepest lessons. Right. And one of my favorite books is a return to love by Marianne Williamson. And and she really digests the book, A Course in Miracles. And, and she talks about these reoccurring lessons for us to remember to come home to ourselves. Right. And, and I really think that it is this constant peeling of the onion to come back to forgiveness, to continue to reclaim ourselves. And I don't think it's something that we're ever going to get perfect. You talked about that earlier, really giving yourself permission to be yourself and free and not having to be in a box of perfection, but really the willingness to come back to center and come back home and give yourself that space. So I would love for us to kind of talk about the difference between self-love and self-care and why they go together and they're different and and how without self-loves, maybe self-care isn't as potent and relevant and as nurturing. Wow. What I love that you said, it's not as potent. It's not as potent because we can do the self-care activities. Like, because even just like, you know, the self-care activities, like, okay, I know that I need to call my therapist. I know that I need to, you know, make, I know, I know that I need to call and pay this bill. I know that I should deep condition my hair. Like these are all self-care activities. I know that I should meditate. I know that I should go for a walk. Like these are all, you know, the self-care activity because self-care, um, even Tiffany was saying it, like self-care is also doing what you know you need to do. Self-care is, you know, the practice of taking action to improve or preserve your health. Self-care is putting yourself first, but self-love is loving the good, the bad, the ugly, like about yourself. Like, it's like, I love me, (laughs) you know, like self-care, self-love is, um, is an everlasting appreciation for yourself. Like it's, it's growing in love for yourself and, and, you know, speaking kindly to yourself, because think about how you, you speak to someone that you love, like how you, um, you know, you respect someone that you love, like you, you take the time and you create space for that person. That's how you need to be creating space for yourself so that when you are um, participating, when you are blocking out time for the self-care activities, it's not so... uh, A burden or a should or a checklist, but it's more of a... A checklist. Yeah, it's more of then a a reflection of how much I care about myself. It's it's, the, the, like the energy behind it is really different. I think that's really important. For whatever reason, I feel like that distinction is so important. It's like I'm showing up for me right now. Like the phone might even be on do not disturb. And it's like, this is for me. Like I am pouring into myself so that when I show up for anyone else, because self-love is a prerequisite to loving anyone else. Mm And I also believe that self-love is a prerequisite for Mm self-care because when you are, you know, taking care of yourself, the, what do they say? It hits different when you're, (laughs) it does hit different. (laughs) 
just, it just, it just feels different, you know, because it's just like, you know, it's not rushed. It's not, it's not like um, at one o'clock I am going to love myself. And then at two o'clock, you know, I am going to, you know, get on a zoom call. No, <laughs> you, because you're operating in self-love 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And at that particular time, you know, there is a self-care activity plan. And if it rolls over, that's okay. Because, you know, you are moving in a place where it's not so obligatory. It's not so, wow, I got to cram this in here because I told myself I, I would do it. Right. Like, right. Like you, you, you know that doing things for yourself, it makes the best sense because the people in your life are, you know, they get the best version of you when you love yourself. They get the best version of you when you, when you are putting your health first. It's not just about, you know, your nails, your hair, or, um, the, the, you know, the meeting with your attorney that you need to schedule or the oil chains that needs to get done. It's about doing, you know, the things that are important for you and you being the most important person in your life. Mm -hmm. You have to be. Yeah. You talk a lot about supporting women with healing mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually all together. And you talk about this pause and coming back to reflect, to really ask yourself better questions. I love it. I would love if you could expand on that and how inside of doing this, we can actually understand why we're doing things and where we're operating on automatic and where we're making mindful choices and how we can really slow down to shift to make more mindful choices. Ooh, that's so good. And I, the, and the way that I had been learning this is like, I mean, I'm a coach, like I'm, I'm naturally like, how do we do better with this? You know? And so one of the, some of the questions that I ask is just like, you know, what do you think you're doing better? How did you, you know, so what do you think you did? Well, how, how what do you think you can, you, you can do better than how do that? How do I help? So it's just like, if you don't begin asking yourself questions, then how can you even do any better? So it's like, as I learn, I teach. So I've learned like a lot of the mistakes that I've made is because I've just been trying to go 150 miles an hour. And then I land on my forehead. It's like, okay, cool. I can, I can teach this. (laughs) Yeah. Let's slow down. Exactly. And it's just like, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't work. And so I don't, I don't want to wear my burnout as a badge and then like try to teach other people because that's what, that's what I did in the past. And so now it's just like mindfulness is, is not just meditation. Mindfulness is not just, you know, um, sitting in, in a, in, in a butterfly position and holding your hands like this. It's like choosing to slow down and, and, and say, I don't want to live my life um, always in go mode. Like I want to live my life honoring, you know, um, myself and, and saying, okay, I need to start thinking about what I'm thinking about because I want to live a life of authenticity. I want to live a life of power. I want to live a life of self love. I want to live a life of self care. I want, you know, to show up as my best self. Like who is my best self? What does she eat? How, how often does she work out? You know, does she journal? When does she do that? And so the only way to do that is to look back so you can, you know, move forward. And so we have to start asking ourselves, we have to start asking ourselves the tough questions and the questions that are a little uncomfortable. So what do I need to let go of right now? Where am I carrying stress in my body? Mm. You know, Um, and so the other questions can be, what fears do I have about my own success? Um, you know, and what are my excuses? 
you know, um, am I afraid of accountability? So like, these are the questions that we need to slow down and create space to, to ask. And we even just need to write them down. If you're a voice note person to yourself, you can do that as well. But when it comes to our lifestyle, we all, we all want to have a healthy lifestyle, right? And you don't have to eat grass. You don't have to drink kale. I'll do that for you, but <laughs> not grass, but <laughs> I'll drink the bee juice for you. Don't worry. But what I mean is just like, you have to make time to reflect. You know, it's like this intimate time with yourself. And so how, how we do that is just by slowing down. You know, if you're not a journal person, you can do whatever it takes, but you have to get to the point where you are accountable for yourself because other people can be accountable to you because without accountability, there's no consequence for your inactivity. And, you know, accountability does bring power and it's amazing, but accountability is being responsible for your own, uh, is, is being responsible for your own life and being responsible for your own uh, decisions. So when we want to build a healthy lifestyle, we have to start with what we're thinking about and say, okay, before I think, before I make a decision, I'm thinking about something, right? So am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Or am I tired? Am I about to drink this entire bottle of wine because I'm upset? Am, am I ignoring the fact that I'm upset and I'm drinking this? Or do I, am I having a celebration? So it's like, okay. Right. I love that. It's like the why behind everything. I feel like you got to say that again. Am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? The why behind everything that we're doing. What's the why? Why are we, why am I making this decision? Because when I consistently make a decision that those decisions are going to build my habit and that habit is going to build a lifestyle. So I need to think about what I'm thinking about before I make that decision. Am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? Those are just four different things. There's a multiple other things that we think about before we make a decision, but we can start there. Yeah. Because sometimes we're hungry for things that food cannot provide. Wow. You don't want that Twix. You want attention. You don't want the Uber Eats, whatever you're ordering Uber wow. Eats. You want love. You wow. want, you know, to feel something more. Like, what are you actually hungry for? Do you want to take a nap? You know, what? what is it? You have to pause. You have to slow down. You have to reflect. You have to think about what you're thinking about before you make the decision. So, so powerful. That's, that's so much gold right there. And I feel like as it becomes a habit, it doesn't need to feel like such a pause, right? It can start to become exactly. a way of living. It can be more than it's embodied wellness. It's an integrated state, yeah. right? Of awareness. And you said it takes 66 days to create a habit. So it's really allowing ourselves and giving ourselves grace to create these new thoughts, give ourselves space to be mindful enough to really groove into these new habits so it can become a lifestyle. Is there anything else that you share with your clients that you feel like has been so beneficial for them to have life transformations? Balance. Mm. Balance. Like I think that sometimes we think we need to be a robot. <laughs> And so I think the, the, the binging on the weekend, because a lot of, a lot of leaders, you know, coach, a lot of leaders, like high performing people, whether, whether you're a teacher or, you know, you run a nonprofit, <laughs> you know, you're still a leader, you know, or even being a leader in your home. So, you know, I want, I want people to create balance for yourself, you know, because the weekend, a lot of people, a lot of people feel, I don't know how to do this on the weekend. So I will eat kale on a Sunday and eat pancakes on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Right. So the way that I do that is like I have like this, um, you know, 90, 10 rule. A lot of people don't like the word rule or an 80, 20, but we 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 have to live by rules. My opinion, we have to live by rule because that's the way the world is. Okay. Um, so the way I call it, it's just like 90, 10. Rule. So 90 percent of the time I'm eating clean, exercising. Um, and then 10 percent of the time I'm going to go to a rooftop and, you know, have some pancakes or have brunch. And, you know, my friends are in town. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then, you know, that's how I create balance. But I don't wait until Monday to be disciplined and I don't wait until Friday to have fun. So that's how I create balance. And it, I don't, that, um, the gates that, that avoids, it helps me avoid binging on the weekend because this is my lifestyle. Like I have integrated healthy eating, integrated exercising and moving my body. Um, so that, you know, it's like this Saturday, it's just like, oh man, what do I do now? You know, because it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm allowing myself the space to be like, it's Thursday. I want some, whatever the case, whatever I would like, right. because it's ingrained in me that I have balance in my life. I'm not a robot and I eat, you know, to nourish my body. I eat, you know, like I love myself. I talk to myself like I love myself. I drink water like I get paid for. And then on the weekend, you know, it's just, it's just a part of, a part of my lifestyle. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. And I love that 90, 20, 80, 20 analogy. And that could be in every given day, every given moment. Yeah, it's just, and that exactly. again takes mindfulness and checking in with yourself. And it's, it's all so, so good. There's so much gold here. I know you said you're a recovering people pleaser, which I know a lot of people on the line can relate to. What have you done to consistently walk in your truth, no matter what? Being a, so the recovering people pleaser, like what has helped is not giving an answer right away. Mm. So especially if I'm on the phone. So because I'm, I just, oh, yes. And so, you know, I love that. So what has helped is just like, I'm going to check my calendar and then, you know, I will let you know if I can do this. Um, and because sometimes it's just like, I'm very eager to give a, a give a, a yes over the phone. And, you know, if I can just check and then be like, you know what, I'm actually going to let you, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look into this and then I'm going to let you know, I'll get back to you as soon as I possibly can. Um, but beforehand it's, Oh yes, absolutely. And then I'm like overbooked for like three weeks. (laughs) Yeah. So giving yourself space again with your, with your time. And what about living your truth, walking in your truth and having boundaries? I love that. I love that. So many women on the line can, can, relate to that. How do you feel you've set yourself up powerfully with boundaries outside of giving yourself a pause and and going back to your calendar? Do you check in with yourself? Do you, what do you, what do you do to create boundaries? Oh, this is a good question. <laughs> um, what I've done now is making sure that um, my team can see my calendar. <laughs> okay. So you allow yourself to have support. I love that. Yes. <laughs> allowing myself to have support um, and not, you know, making sure that everything isn't like back to back, having days um, where there is just, you know, a huge block of time um, and putting putting me on my calendar. Mm. So I, I, I say that to my clients all the time, put you on your calendar. So finally being able to do that for myself is, is you know, huge for, for my boundaries. Yeah. You said um, you've been an entrepreneur for 
seven years now and and yeah. really remember the last nine, which is incredible. So most of your your now experience is being an entrepreneur. Most of the people on the line are entrepreneurs. I would love if you could share some things that have allowed you to excel and really make it. You know, you've you've had a space in Chicago, you're now out in LA, you're thriving in the wellness industry and you're making a living for yourself. And I know you're you're somebody that shows up excellent. And we talked earlier about what it means to show up excellent. And I would love for you to share just what makes you a great entrepreneur, how you've made it and, and what makes you excellent. Oh really this is awesome. So I think the biggest thing is just first build real relationships. Mm. So I think that, I think that's so key to to begin with Yeah, is because one, my, one of my, um, my, one of my mentors, she told me to don't build your Rolodex, build relationships. And that stuck with me because it's like, one, that's just, it's better than money. (laughs) It's like, it's better, you know, it's because it's just like, I want to learn and I want to grow and I want to um, be able to, you know, say, hey, how can I help you? Like, like, what can I, what can I teach you? How can, you know, we, how can this be reciprocal instead of saying, you know, how can you help me do this? Or how can you get me on this? Because there's so many, you know, people, unfortunately, that will, you know, um, there, there, there could be people in any industry that could be um, sort of opportunistic, totally. but if you actually take the time to build real relationships, it will take you very far in your entrepreneurial journey, whether, you know, they're just sharing a, a blog with you, whether, whether they've learned something or they can just, or you can just share what you've learned and you can hop on a call and, you know, you can just share ideas with someone that you trust because you've built a real relationship. And so that has been a very key to me. And the second thing is just invest in yourself, invest in yourself. Like you have to be, you know, willing to, you know, dump, jump all in, like don't put your pinky toe in there. (laughs) Like you got to jump all in. Like I was literally 22 years old with a brick and mortar facility and, you know, running this gym and, you know, having all these members, but I had to invest in myself, not just buying the gym equipment. I mean, investing in programs that will teach you because just because I was a personal trainer, that did not mean I knew how to run a gym. Right. Right. So, right had to learn. Okay. Okay. Let me, let me, you know, get and go to these meetings with the chamber of commerce. Like, let me, you know, learn how to network (laughs) and talk to people and not be shy. Like, let me, um, you know, join these networking organizations where I can learn how to write proposals. And so let me invest in myself so I can learn how to be not just, um, not just a fitness um, entrepreneur, not, not just a fitness coach, and not just lead the boot camp or lead the personal training program, but be a leader, not just a boss. Like be someone that can build an empire that is going to leave leave a legacy of wellness, but a legacy for my family, for my last name, for excuse free fitness. And so investing in myself where I can be a better entrepreneur, you know, that something that even a college degree, what won't get you because, you know, I, I believe that if, if there's somewhere, somewhere that I would like to go, I want to learn from the person that has been there. Beautiful. So beautiful. (laughs) And I think sometimes people can get so caught up in the hustle and the work and like doing the deal that we can't 
step out of ourselves to build an honest quality relationship. It's like Caprice, like I want to know you, like I want to spend time getting to know you. Like now that we've had this conversation and it's like, I I, like you have people in Chicago. I have people in LA. You have people, you know, like and vice versa. It's like, and I can support you. You can support me. This is business 101 for me is number one is building real relationships. And I do think that comes from number one, wanting to like you have to uh, you have to care about people yeah like you like you You actually have to care about people before the bottom line number one and I think a lot of people in business maybe do but they forget about that (laughs) because they get caught Mm -hmm. right and so I think that's number one is like really putting people first because you're right connection is everything over money if you don't have friends what's the point Right. Right. Like, what's the point? And then I love what you said about just the difference between being a boss and being a leader. You know, that's huge. I love that you made that distinction. Like leadership is how do I not only show up just for my facility, but also for my community? Like, how do I contribute Mm -hmm. to how do I understand the dynamics of Chicago? What nonprofits can I support in the city? What chamber of commerce can, can I be connected to? How can I be a leader that shows up for other business owners on my street? Like it matters, that. right? All of that matters. And some people can't get outside of themselves. And so this is such a beautiful mm-hmm. call to action for people to rise above yourself, like, like get beyond yourself. And that's leadership. Truly. Right. Being a boss is about you. Being a leader is about others. Very much so. And I, I think that, I mean, there's so many different, like I, I was telling you like definitions, quotes, like they just cling to my heart, like, yeah. like glue, you know? Yeah. And so it's just like, nobody cares how much, you know, until they know how, how much, much you care. care. And that can apply to, you know, your, your staff, your team, the people that are growing with you and that are seeing the vision with you. And that's also just like who you are called to serve your community, you know? And right. so it's just like, how much do you care? Right. <laughs> like, and what do you care about? Right. So it's just, that's going to permeate through every, the words that you speak, how you walk, like how you talk, like, you know, how it, it doesn't matter if you're still virtual, like the, your, the presence about how you speak about what you're doing, your mission and your vision, you know, when you care, people want to know, they want to, they want to hear more about it. Yeah. <laughs> so once you care, like it's, it's, um, things are going to continue to align for you because, you know, you are aligned with what, you know, you believe in. Beautiful, beautiful. And, you know, you talk a lot about um, you living for your mission. Like, is this something you've always done or you woke up and you were like, you made an arrangement with God? Like, I'm living on purpose now. Like, I think that this can be a call to action for a lot of people on how to really live on purpose. Yes. Um, So after amnesia, you know, I mean, I, I woke up in this hospital and it was just like, who are all these people? <laughs> That's wild. I can't even imagine. Oh, and I'll, I'll never, preferably I never forget that day. Um, so I, I wake up and it's just like, wow. You know, I go on this journey of it's like, I don't feel sorry for myself anymore. Like it's going to be okay. And it was just like, I never want to live another day without doing what I'm supposed to do. Because I used to ask my mom, like, what, why did God save me? <laughs> what am I here for? Because I, I, my twin, my brothers, my sisters, they're, they're, they were just so successful. They're like, you know, get in there in college. You know, this is, I'm like 23. They're in college. They're doing this. Well, I'm sorry. I was like 20 and I'm just trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. 
And it was just like, I found, you know, exercise and I found clean eating and I, you know, and it was just like, I started using that to treat my epilepsy. My, my neurologist told me to try yoga. And it was like, things started to make sense. And it was just like, God, (laughs) I don't want to live another day without doing what you told me to do. And it was just like, I'm supposed to be, you know, making sure that no one lets anything get in the way of their wellness, regardless of what their health looks like, regardless of what their financial or what their community looks like, you know, because, you know, people are living with areas that are food deserts. Like, no, we're just going to make sure that nothing gets in the way of your wellness, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, because you can, you can, and you, you will. just have to make it a priority. You have to make it a priority. You don't need equipment. You don't need anything fancy. You don't need money. You just need to make it a priority and choose yourself every day. You just need to say, I'm the most important person in my life. And then when I do that, when I say yes to myself, when I show up for myself, when I put myself on my calendar, things are going to make sense because I'm healthy in my mind and I'm healthy in my body and I can do, I can do it like regardless beautiful. I, can do it. I mean, you're such a beautiful living example of <laughs> living on purpose and just being a shining bright light for all of us to just learn from. And like, if there's ever a day where I'm feeling down or sorry for myself, I'm just going to go to your Instagram and be like, Laura, get your life together. Like what is wrong? With like seriously, like you're a true, you're like a seriously true inspiration. And I did not know any of this before this podcast, which is the craziest thing. God told me to interview you. I didn't know any of this. I thought we were going to talk about self-love, which we did, but there's so much more to the depth of your story and why you're here. And I'm just so grateful that you've said yes to your calling and that you you show up in the way you do. I know we talked earlier about, you know, can leadership be taught? Can excellence be taught? Do you believe that excellence is something you can teach or is it something someone just innately has? I think excellence, I think that they both can be taught. Okay. So leadership can, can definitely be taught um, because if you are teachable, and you have a, a, a posture, you know, um, a, a grateful and a humble posture, then you can learn anything, mm. um, anything at all, because, you know, um, humility, uh, help, help requires humility, you know, so you have to, um, submit yourself to, to that teaching and be teachable and be willing to learn. And, you know, you can learn how to be a great leader, um, because I, I didn't know how to be a leader. <laughs> yeah. and. And I just, I, I, every day just, you know, because I, as a quote, um, uh, a leader is one that knows the way, goes the way and shows the way. Right. Um, Renee Descartes, I'm totally going to mess that name up. I'm so sorry, but I do believe that, um, leadership can be taught, but excellence. I think that you grow in excellence mm. because just like, you know, you don't have to uh, be great to start, but you have to start to be great. You don't, you don't just wake up excellent. Right. You don't just wake up like this, but you can grow in excellence after, but every day, brick by brick, just, you know, plant the seed and you just keep watering it every single day. Then you can grow to be the best version of yourself. And, you know, every day that you um, intentionally show up as your best self, because I just believe that you're already your best self, but you have to keep being that person Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're going to grow into that person. And that's how you grow in excellence. But you you can't just, you know, I'm excellent today. <laughs> no, it's a choice. We have to choose it. Every day, but every day. And you grow to be more excellent. I love it. What do you want to be remembered for, Caprice? Never giving up. 
Mm. I want to be remembered for being a rubber band because you know what? I understand that I'm going to fall down, but I'm always going to get back up because this is what I think. Um, A rubber band always bounces back every single time, you know? And so you can stretch a rubber band, but I, I, I don't break. I just bounce back. And that's by the grace of God. But um, I want to I um, I want to be remembered for never giving up mm. and just bouncing back with grace. Mm. Well, you're definitely embodying that. And I feel so grateful to Thank know you. you. Um, what Thank you so what do you want people to how I know there's so many people on the line hungry to know you and hungry to be a part of what you're up to. Can you share with us a little about what you're offering and how we can find you? Absolutely. So um, I would love to connect with you on um, social media um, at Coach Caprice on Instagram and Facebook. Um, And we can we can just go on this journey to release physical and emotional pounds through my book, Prayers Up, Weight Down. And it is a it's a journey to releasing any weight that is, um, whatever is holding you back right now, we can, we can release it and it will catapult you into the best season of your life. So whether it's a physical or emotional pound, we can conquer this. And, um, it's a 30 day quest to the best version of you. And again, that is, um, prayers up, weight down. Mm. So you can find that at capriceobryant.com. I love it. And we'll link all of this up in the show notes before we leave. Is there anything else you want to share? Do you want to maybe share what activate means to you? or living an activated life means to you? Wow. That's so good. So I believe that living an activated life is not leaving anything on the table, not leaving any of you on the table. Like don't, don't leave any ideas. Don't leave any of your excellence. Don't leave any of your smile. Don't leave it at home. (laughs) Leave. Don't leave any of your excellence, your greatness on the table or at home. Bring it all with you. Wherever I love you go. that. I love that. And you surely bring I'm all fully of you. Activated. Yes, you are. You are an example of that. And that's why you're on this podcast. So I just want to thank you for your time. I know you're so busy and you have so many lives that you're out there helping. So I'm just grateful for you. Thank you for this conversation. I appreciate you. Thank you. This was amazing. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please share this episode and DM us. We'd love to interact with you about all you learn and create from this. If you love this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe to get real-time updates when all new episodes go live. And if you can, please leave us a review. It will help us grow our community and our message to support more leaders on their growth journey. If you want to continue to hang out with me, follow me on Instagram at Laura E. Holloway and subscribe to my weekly newsletter at lauraeholloway.com for weekly downloads, blogs, upcoming workshops, events, and more. Stay aligned and make your move. I'll see you next week.